All righty. So last week uh, we did the uh, began the topic of what happens when uh, uh, non Jewish domestic help uh, is in the is in somebody's house for Shabbos, and we saw the basic principles involved in that in terms of what you may or may not be able to say, instructing them directly versus uh, versus hinting. And I told you that this week we're going to get to some examples of that. But I pushed that off because as I was doing some other work on a different uh, on a different project, so I came across this amazing tshuva from uh, Rav Shlomo Zalman, Shlomo Zalman Arbach, my Shlomo Zalman named after Shlomo Zalman Arbach. So when I got very excited by the uh, by the piece, and I said, you know what, uh, let's go ahead and let's uh, let's do this one. It's a little bit related to weddings, so since uh, weddings are on my mind right now, anyways, so it's something which uh, which uh, which fits in with the, at least the theme that's going on inside of my head. And uh, what's what's exciting about this is that it's a fascinating journey through the halachic process. And that's something which uh, I think very often uh, is not emphasized enough many times in halacha shirim. So the point is just to convey halacha, to say what is allowed, what's not allowed, what you should be doing, what you shouldn't be doing, stuff along those lines without really getting into the process. And uh, this is something where we're going to be able to see and explore the process of halacha to explore Shaila and get to see one of the things which fascinates me about the halacha, which, uh, which all of you know, is, is really the process and the ability of poskim to be able to take a Shaila, which hasn't really been asked before. So it's a, rel- it's a, it's a new Shaila. And then to start exploring precedent in other halachic works and shulchan aruch and whatnot, in order to be able to figure out what's going to be the most appropriate or accurate precedent to be able to use to apply to this particular shiloh. So that's what we're going to try and do. And it starts out with an amazing, uh, a, a great incident. It's something that you, uh, you know, as they say, uh, that uh, truth is better than reality or whatever that whatever that phrase is. Okay. So it begins. So you have it on the screen in front of you. Looks good. We can't see the whole title, though. Oh, sorry. If the Masada condition says shahakal on the wine, does he repeat the bracha? So we'll see now in the in the text itself. We'll see what exactly uh, happened over there. I'll make it bigger for those of us with old eyes. So he says as follows. So this is from from a tshuva of Rosh Zaman. Uh, actually, we'll just skip to the end. I tried to find the, the safer where it was taken from, which is the Hartzvi, but this particular uh, volume of the Hartzvi, I wasn't able to track down. So we're just going to have to take the Shiloh from here. But it goes as follows. So you'll just follow along in the uh, the highlighted section. So there was a Rav who was Masada Kedushin. So far, nothing exciting about that. And for some reason, while he was being Masada Kedushin, as you all know, that in the Kedushin stage, so the Masada Kedushin holds the cup of wine, he makes the Brei Pragafen, and then he says the Birchas Eresin. So the Masada Kedushin don't know what was happening inside of his mind. Maybe he was giving shir that night, so he got uh, he got distracted. But he went ahead while he was holding the cup of wine, rather than saying Brei Pragafen, he said Shahakul. And then, realizing his error, the Chazar, then he went ahead, Uberch Mechadash Brei Pragafen. And then without anybody drinking from the wine, when he realized his error, he said, So seemingly he fixed his error. Now, then they went forward with the Shevabrachos, and they went forward with all of that. And then once all of that was over, so then people in the, who were uh, in the, the crowd, they came over to this Gadolechad, uh, this, uh, this and they challenged his behavior. 
They said, listen, granted you made a mistake because you made shahakal on, uh, on a cup of wine. But Shulchan Aruch says, halacha is very clear, that if somebody mistakenly says shahakal on a cup of wine, you're yotze. You could drink the wine if you went ahead and did so, because shahakal is this all-encompassing bracha, which could be used for anything which, uh, which a person is going to consume. So they said to him, so why did you go ahead and repeat the bracha, make a bread pragafen, when you were already yotze with your shahakal? You should have just let it be. Most people probably wouldn't have noticed anyways that you said the wrong bracha, and you should just let it uh, let it be. So what did he? What did this God respond? He said, "You're right. The general halacha is that if somebody says shahako on a cup of wine, he is yotze. But the Masada Kedushin said, "Listen, it's not really my bracha to make. It's really the chasan kala's bracha to make because they're the ones who drink the wine." So being that it's really their bracha to make, because they're the ones drinking the wine, I'm their shliach, I am their agent to say the bracha on their behalf. And being that it's not my bracha, it's really their bracha, and I'm representing them. So being that one should not say shahakol on a cup of wine. So that means I have not successfully carried out my agency. My agency was to do things correctly. And although Bidiyeved, you could get away with saying shakal and a cup of wine, but they didn't ask me, the Chasakal didn't ask me to do a Bidiyeved Kedushin. They wanted the Chatechila Kedushin. And I went ahead and I messed that up. <laughs> and therefore, and therefore, the Chasan Kakal in Kala could say, we want a Chatechila Bracha, not a Bidiyeved Bracha. And therefore, reason the Gadol Echad, and being that I didn't carry out my agency according to the way I was assigned, according to the, the task that was assigned to me. So, therefore, this God will said, I have an obligation to go ahead and say the bracha, repeat the bracha in the best way possible. And he said, that's why I went ahead and I made my brave prayer on So it's beautiful. Now, this is an amazing thing. Again, keep, it, keep in mind, just... As this is happening in real time, the Masada Kedushin says, And then he pauses for a moment, and he makes this whole cheshben in his hands, because he knows halacha. He knows if you make shahakal on wine, you're really yotze. But he also knows that he's a shliach for them. And being that I'm a shliach for them, I didn't do it in the ideal manner, in the preferred manner. And therefore, undoubtedly, they want me to do it in the, in the ideal manner. And right away, on the spot, he just goes ahead, he reasons all of that in his head, and decides he should say the bracha, and he does. Yes, Bob? Oh, no. Okay. So, that is with the heart Tzvi, where Tzvi Pesach Frank, so that's what he quotes from this, he quotes this incident in, he, in the, uh, the, uh, this Guttel's reasoning. Then, the Kasav Zemaran HaGon Zatzal, and Ritzvi Pesach Frank maintains, his opinion was Shatosu, that this was a mistake. Shatosu Abiyado, Vabracha, he brach levatala. Not only did he make a mistake by repeating the bracha, by saying, Great Prayer it again, but that bracha which he said was in fact the bracha levatala. Why? Now that's awfully extreme. That's the opposite extreme. Not only did he say you're not allowed to say it, <coughs> but by saying that bracha, he said that it was a bracha levatal, it was an avera. Why? During Afishiba, Rabvosoi, Shesovim, Dibrich, Aserison, Lonitakna Klala, Makanish, Vatsmo, Ella, Alhanoadim. So this is an interesting thing. 
And this is part of what got me excited. And he said that there's many poskim who are of the opinion that the birchas erosin, the brei pragafen, and then the bracha afterwards, which is recited by the uh, the, by the Masada Kedushin, is not said on behalf of the chassan kala. He's not saying the bracha for the chassan that the chassan should really be saying himself, but rather this is a bracha which is said on behalf of the assembled people who are there, the noadim, those who are who are assembled at the thing. So it has nothing to do with the chassan kala. And according to that opinion, and therefore, if this bracha is being recited on behalf of the assembled at the chasna and not specifically for the chasna so then he's not the shliach, he's not the agent of the chasna per se. And therefore, everybody was yotze with the bracha of shahako. And therefore, and when he repeated the bracha by saying that was the bracha of Atala. So, so we have this, this, this fascinating disagreement now between Gadolecha, who we're going to keep his name uh, uh, anonymous, and Ritzvi Pesach Frank about in this situation where the Masada Kedushan says, Shahako, should he go ahead and now say to correct the error, or just leave the error as is and allow yourself to be Yotze Bidiavid with the Shahako? Okay, so that is that is the background. Now, the rest of it, the rest of the sources are all uh, bits and pieces of Rav Shomel Zalman's analysis of this. So he says over here, now what he's going to say over here is something right off the bat I was, I was incredibly excited about. He says, Now, Rav Shomel Zalman was a student somewhat of Rav Tzvi Pesach Frank, so obviously if he's going to disagree with him, he's going to do it with the utmost uh, reverence and the utmost respect, and he's not going to come out and say he's wrong, he's going to come out in the respectful way and saying, I don't understand. Why doesn't he understand? So he says, Hare The minig amongst Ashkenazim is that if you pay attention under the chuppah, so what happens is, is that the Masada Kedushin, after he makes those two brachas, and all of that, so what happens is, is that the chassan is given a little bit of the wine to drink, the kala is given a little bit of the wine to drink. But the person who is made the Masada Kedushin himself doesn't drink the wine at all. So now this is significant because that's not always the case. Because there is, what, what's, what's penetrated into Kal Yisrael is the Minigan brisk. The brisk Minog was that they, they question whether or not, how, they, we have a rule. I think we did this a, a number of months ago, we, we touched upon this. And that is that although I could say a bracha on a mitzvah, even if I'm not doing the mitzvah, so let's say for some reason, somebody is not well, and they can't come to Shul on Rosh Hashanah. So even though I already made the bracha and did the mitzvah of shofar in Shul, I could come to your house, and not only can I blow shofar for you, I could even say the bracha on shofar for you. Because they have a principle, all of Klai Yisrael are responsible for guarantors, responsible for one another, and that allows me to go ahead and make a bracha, on your behalf, even if I'm not going to be Yotze, even if I'm not my personally going to fulfill the mitzvah. But I cannot make a bracha on food or beverages for you if I'm not going to go ahead and eat myself. So if you're about to eat an apple and you say, Rabbi, can you help me make the bracha? I can't say, Bray Pira eats, and you eat your apple. I can't do that unless I'm going to eat my apple as well. So the question is that, so when the Masada Kedushan says, Bray Pira Gafen, so how could he say the bracha, which is a bracha on the wine, 
and not drink from any of the wine. He just gives it to the chassan, he gives some to the cow, but he doesn't drink any wine himself. Doesn't that violate the rule that says that you can't make a bracha on food or beverages for somebody else if you yourself are not going to eat? So here, so in bris, because of that question, so you'll see if you pay attention to different Masada Kedushans, so from now on when you're at a wedding, so I always want to watch, this is one of the exciting parts of the, of the chuppah, is you watch the Masada Kedushan who makes Gafen and the bracha afterwards, and then how he handles the cup as he hands it to the chassan's father, and then he hands it over to the kala's mother, see if, number one, Sometimes you see they'll actually spill some water onto their hand and you'll hear them go right into the, right into the other uh, microphone. Sometimes what they do is they shake their hand enough that some of the wine spills on their finger. And after they give the toast to the, to the chassan's father, they'll give a lick to their finger. You'll see them lick their finger. They're not licking their finger to get the wine off because it's sticky or something. They're doing it as a way of sneakily having some of the wine that they made the bracha on. <coughs> Shomel Zaman says, that's not our minute. He says that this is not the minute. The Masada Kedushin says the bracha on behalf of the chas and the kala, and he does not drink at all. So what does that have to do with anything, besides being an interesting thing to discuss? So he says, He says, granted, the bracha of Asher Kedushan Mitzvah Al HaRayos, even if you say that that's on behalf of the assembled, and it's not a bracha for the chasen that the Masada Kedushin is acting as his agent, even if we go ahead and if we accept that premise, but as far as the Brit Pragafin is concerned, the first bracha that the Masada Kedushin says, which is to allow the Chasan Kala to drink the wine, nearer the Chashevade Kishliach, he has to be their agent to say that bracha because nobody else in the crowd is coming up to drink the wine. That would be rude. That would be, be exciting to watch. But that would be something which <coughs> would be unaccepted if we were to go ahead and start passing that coast around <coughs> and let everybody go ahead and take a drink from that, uh, that coast. So says Hashem Zaman, whatever you want to say about Birchas Eresin, whether that's a bracha being said on behalf of the chassan, or whether that's a bracha being said on behalf of the, the assembled crowd, that has nothing to do with the bracha of Gafen. And therefore, he says that we have to assume that the bracha which he's saying on the wine, he is doing on behalf of them. And therefore, we'll skip the part in the middle of here, just because of time. He says, But as far as the chas and kala are concerned, who are drinking the wine, so it's certainly making a bracha on a food or a beverage. That's in Mitzia, that in reality, that is what's taking place when the Masada condition says that and therefore, for sure, for that bracha at least, he's considered to be the agent of the chas and the kala. And as the agent of the chas and the kala, so they would have the right to go ahead and say that maybe, going back to what the Gadol said, they have the right to say, we want a bracha to be recited l'chatchila the correct bracha on the wine, not a bidyevet bracha, where you ended up saying shahakal on the wine, and you didn't really need to do it, it was just a big oops. Therefore, he says, v'im kein, Rav Shlomo Zaman says, based on this, So now he says uh, uh, an interesting idea, and that is, is that the, the, the bracha was made, the shahakal was made mistakenly. That was not the correct bracha to make. And if the chasen akal were to drink the wine just based on the shahako bracha, so then they would only be yotze the bracha b'di'evet. 
and they don't want to be Yotze B'Yavid. So, suggests of Shomel Zaman, maybe we have another Eitzah. Maybe what the Gadol should have done is not himself say Brei Pri because as far as his responsibility, he already said a bracha, and he's not drinking it anyways. And the mitzvah was already done. But maybe what he did is, he should go ahead and he should instruct the chassan kala before you guys now take your sips of wine, make your, your own Brei Pri Maybe that's the way to have salad, because they're the ones who are drinking it. And, but now this leaves us in a quandary, says Oshomo Zaman. Because, I have a question. What, what, let me just finish the thought. Okay. So he says the, the quandary that we have over here is he made a bracha which could potentially be used b'diavet, that it'll work. But they want to be Yosef Lechadchila, so therefore maybe they should go ahead, before they take a sip of wine, they should go ahead and they should make their, their own Brei Priyagafen. But now, retroactively, if they make their own, their own Brei Priyagafen, then what happened to the Masada Kedush in Shahako? It didn't affect on anything. It's a Retroactively, it turns out he made a shahakal on wine, and nobody was yotze with that bracha that he made. So then Rosh Hashanah says, who says that the chas kala could go ahead and make their own brei priyagafen now, which then when we rewrite history, it turns out the Masada Kedushan said a shahakal, that he didn't drink any of the wine, and nobody used his shahakal to drink the wine, so it turns out that we have a dangling participle in the context of Allah, meaning that you have a bracha levatala, and now that would be a terrible thing. Who says that we're allowed to instruct the chasakala to make their own brei priyagafen, which retroactively will mean that the Masada Kedusha went ahead and said a bracha levatala. Yeah, okay, sorry. Yeah, okay, here's my question. Okay, if he made the shahakal and he realized he made an error, right? Yeah. Then he could have shook a little bit of the wine on his hand and drank it, then make the pari priyagafen so they cover the chasen kala right. rather than making it a brachal of atala. Right, he, he, he could have done that. Part of what I, I, I cut out over there was this idea of not, uh, why the Masada Kedusha would perhaps not drink the wine. So that's part of uh, uh, an earlier part of the discussion, which didn't make it into the, uh, into the source sheet, which, uh, which we are using. But Rosh Hashanah also said that the practice is not for the Masada Kedusha to go ahead and drink the wine. So that would look highly... Uh, um, well, I went to a Lubavitch, a Chabad wedding this last week. Yeah. And after every all the brachas, they pass the cup of wine after the husband, the chasen kala. They pass it to anybody that's a single, and they everybody drinks from it, and then right. they put it into the bag, and then the boy bangs it and breaks it. So they some people do do that. That means, uh, yeah, that that but that, that's not they're they're not doing that because it's a bracha which is being said on behalf of the assembled. For that reason, they're doing that because it's considered to be school of wine to get there. That's so why it was only the single people who drank from it. It's right. considered to be a schooler to get a good shidduch. Or a shidduch, right. I should say, good shidduch. <laughs> Wait, they do that under the chuppah? Usually they do that by the shever brachas. They pass it around, and it's a segula. I haven't seen it under the chuppah being done at all. So I, I, I don't remember exactly when, when the last time was by a Chabad wedding, whether they did it at, at, at that point. But yes, at any, t- any time there's a chasakala drinking from the wine, so there's this, uh, this uh, uh, perception that there's a skula to, uh, to go ahead and drink it. Besides, there are those who say that any, any, any kosha bracha 
it's uh, is worthwhile to drink. So you'll find occasionally people always going out there after the chuppah and they take a little bit, they take a little sip from the wine. But this specifically, I don't know if it's uh, if it's the wine under the chuppah or it's the wine after shavrachas. I mean, we make shavrachas under the chuppah also, but but yeah, but I'm not sure that that's based on this. That's just a, a school type of thing. According to no, but Rab- I'm saying that the the um he if he would have went and and shook a little bit of the wine on his hand, then it would not have been a bracha basala. That's what my statement yeah, he, is. yeah yeah yes he he could have salvaged it by drinking some of the wine himself. I mean, he he would have been Yosei only bit of it, but he didn't feel that that was his job was not to be drinking the wine per se. He may again th- this is part of Shomazama says earlier. He says that if I made let's say I made kiddush for you, without the intention to be Yosei. So you come to me and say, Rabbi, I don't know how to say Kiddush. Could you make Kiddush for me? And I make Kiddush for you with Bray Pragafen, which I'm allowed to do. <coughs> it's a special exception to the rule that Kiddush, uh, I can make the Bray Pragafen even if I'm not going to drink any of the wine. So I make Kiddush for you with the intention that you're going to drink the wine and not me. And then after I make Kiddush and I smell the wine, I say, you know what? That sounds like, that smells like a delicious, uh, you know, bouquet, whatever words people say about the wine that's nice. And therefore, I want to go ahead and I want to drink some as well. So Shomel Zaman says, I have to make another bracha. Because since when I made the bracha initially, I wasn't planning on drinking the wine. I had you in mind and not me in mind at all. So then the bra- the shahakal that he made on the wine, which he was not planning on drinking, that shahakal did not cover him drinking the wine. So yeah. actually with the... That makes the, sense, I understand. Would not, yeah, it would not have worked. Rabbi Shaffel, isn't the most recent argument that uh, Rav Shlomo Zalman made uh, uh, actually uh, putting him into agreement with Rabbi Frank because he's saying that uh, by making this, it looks like by his making the second bracha, the Brepria Guffin, he did retroactively render his first bracha Levatella. Uh, yeah, so he talks about that later on in the tshuva, about uh, about that possibility. Yes, you, you may run into that that problem. Here, the question is, he may have no choice but to do it. He felt he had no choice but to do that, but to ha- tell them that they should go ahead and make their own brachas, which mm-hmm. then is in a sense mazikim. So that's what's a little bit more difficult to uh, uh, Rosh Hashanah says is a little bit more difficult to justify. Okay, now he goes on. And he says that, now in source number five over here, so he says that Rav Tzvi Pesach Frank had another argument. Now he formulated another argument about this uh, regarding a different halach. This comes from the Mishnah Lamelech. Mishnah Lamelech is a commentary, a well-known commentary to, to the Ramam, where he poses the following question. So like the Gemara and Kedushan talks about very often, that uh, the man didn't even bother to do Kedushan himself directly to the woman. He was too busy. It was, uh, he's an accountant. It was tax season. So he had no time to go ahead and do the Kedushan himself. So he sent an agent to go ahead and do the Kedushan on his behalf. V'halach v'kidsha safi Kedushan. And then the, uh, the, um, the shliach, the agent went ahead and gave a ring to the kala, but we're not sure whether the ring is actually worth a pruta or not. So it may be a good condition, it may not be a good condition. It's something which is uh, undetermined. There's an uncertainty. So the question is, if the shliach went ahead and created a suffolk condition, an uncertain condition, did he carry out his agency or not? Is that going to be considered to be a valid condition or not? Because again, 
the uh, the 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 person who sent him, the accountant who sent him, says, "I wanted you to do a vada kedushin, a certain kedushin. I don't want to be stuck in this uh, this uh, limbo where we don't know whether the kedushin is valid or not. And if you can't get it done correctly, I don't want you to do it, uh, you know, uh, o- only partially or with uh, this uncertainty." And in, if we're talking about a circumstance where it's something where we would say the Kedushin is valid, but but it should not be done. But if we take it out of a case of uncertainty, where we don't know whether the Kedushin was valid or not, but rather it's a case where the Kedushin was done rather than the chathila, whatever that circumstance would be is irrelevant, but if the shliach did a bidyevid kedushin, rather than a chathila kedushin, so we would certainly say that that's going to be a valid kedushin, that's going to be acceptable, even though it was only bidyevid. And therefore, reasons, Rav Tzipe Sachrei, he says, listen, it's true that the, the chassan may have wanted l'chatchila, that the kedushin should be done in a l'chatchila manner, mahadrin manner, but nonetheless, at the end of the day, as long as, it, as long as the kedushin took effect, so then, what difference does it make l'chatchila b'dayavid already after the fact? Can't cry over spilled wine. Umasna b'chol shahako. And he agrees with the brach of Shahakal, and here of Pesach Frank also incorporates this idea that the chassan certainly doesn't want to end up causing the Masada Kedushin to have made a brach levatala. So since the bracha of Shahakal works b'dyevet on the wine, so the chassan says, you know what, it's not what I was planning, but can't always get what you want, and therefore we're just going to let it slide, and uh, I'll accept it as is, because I don't want to be the cause of the Masada Kedushin to go ahead and say a bracha levatawa. So here, Tzvi Pesach Frank gives another argument that if the, in the event that it created a circumstance of uncertainty, so then we would have a shaila. But over here, it's not a, a, a question of uncertainty. Here we know for sure it did work, just b'dyevet it worked, rather than l'chatchila. But as long as at the end of the day it worked and they're going to be married, so no, no, just leave things as is. And Rasul Pesach Frank maintains that this Gadol Echad should not have gone ahead and said another bracha at all. But we say over here, though, there's a, a, a difficulty which arises over here. And that is... Rosh Hashanah Zama points out a, a, a weakness in the argument of Tzvi Pesach Frank over here. <coughs> Excuse me. And he says that there's a difference between the case that the Mishnah Melech was talking about, where it's an uncertainty about the Kedushin, and when we're talking about the bracha on wine, where he went ahead and he made a shahakal. What's the difference between those two cases? So he says that when it comes to the Kedushin, so at the end of the day, all the Chasa wants is to, to, for the Kedushin to take effect. That's all he really cares about is that by the end of the day, there should be a valid Kedushan there. And if you can't have it, so you go ahead and you get, uh, you'll, you'll accept the Ebedi And on top of that, he says that even in the worst case scenario where the Shliach will go ahead and make a Suffolk Kedushan, so the Chassan can always go back to the Kala a second time and give her another Pruta or another coin or another ring and say, and therefore, if the first one didn't actually take effect, so you could you could do a repeat. There's no harm done to go ahead and give her another ring. I'm sure she's not going to uh, 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 you know refuse another piece of jewelry. So if you give her another piece of jewelry, you're mikdash her with that. So certainly she would accept it. 
So when the uncertainty is by Kedushin, so then number one, he wants it to get done no matter what. It doesn't make a difference to him uh, one way or the other. He wants to make sure they get it done. And number two, in the worst case scenario, they could always go ahead and just do a redo by Kedushin. And there's no risk in doing so because it just involves giving her another ring. But, says Roshom and I'll read in source six over here, but that's going to be fundamentally different. And this is where we begin to see how our, our, our examples and our precedent has to match exactly because when there are going to be distinctions between them, between the case in question and the precedent which we are citing, so then it's, a, it's, a, it's not going to be valid precedent and it's not going to be helpful to decide the halacha. So says Roshom Zaman, in this case, so you can't really go back and repeat the bracha, because if you repeat the bracha when you didn't need to, that's a bracha batala. That's a huge risk to go ahead and invoke God's name in potentially God's name in vain when you were not supposed to say the bracha. Now he says also a, a great point. He says, as we mentioned, in the case of Kedushin, all the accountant wanted at the end of the day was, I want you, Shliach, to report back to me that the Kedushin between me and my beloved Kala is a valid Kedushin. I don't need to know Mahadrin. I don't need to know Lechatchila. I don't need to know Pas Yisrael or Glat or Chol of Yisrael. I don't need to know any of those things. Just make sure that the Kedushin is valid. Over here, what, in our case, in the, the Shiloh that the, that the Hart Tzvi, the Tzvi Pesach Frank is dealing with, so what are we dealing with over here? We're not dealing with the question about the validity of the Kedushin. We're dealing with the bracha which was said on the wine. So at the end of the day, does the chassan care at all about the bracha on the, on, on the cup of wine? He doesn't really care about the cup of wine because that's just something at special Jewish occasions we drink wine. We have a, we, uh, brachas are said over a cup of wine. But that has nothing to do with the validity of the kedushin. And that's not even his primary intent, the drinking of the wine. Allah kavanah mitzvah. His intent is that the mitzvah of kedushin should be successfully accomplished. That's all he really cares about. The wine is just something which uh, is just part of the ceremony, but that's not something he's really focused on. So therefore, since the Kedushin doesn't, re- doesn't revolve around the bracha on the wine, so the mitzvah which he did, that was done l'chatchila, because that bracha was said, will, will be said correctly, and the harem HaKadosh is going to be said correctly. Here it's just a matter of the Masada Kedushin saying the bracha to drink the wine on behalf of the chassan. So maybe the chassan, if he's going to drink something, he's going to drink the wine, maybe he wants the bracha that he says on that wine to be a lechatchil dika bracha. And, and therefore, maybe the, the chassan says, listen, my dear Masada Kedushin, I respect you greatly. That's why I chose you to be my, your, my Masada Kedushin. But at the end of the day, you made a mistake. You said Shahako rather than Bray Pragafin. Ah, if I'm going to drink the wine, and I am the one drinking the wine, says the Chassan, I want to make sure that I begin my marriage. I want to make sure that when I drink this cup of wine, I do so by saying the correct bracha. And therefore, you may have gone ahead and said a bracha, which Bidiyeved may work, because Shahako really works on everything. But at the end of the day, I'm the one who's drinking the wine, and I want to be Yose with a lechatchila bracha, and therefore I want to make sure that I that it's fulfilled lechatchila, and I'm going to say my own brei priyagafen, even though that means that you're left out in the cold, having recited the shahako, which nobody was able to be Yose with. And that's, as you know from our Chosha Mishpat discussions, that's our second rule of Chosha Mishpat. 
Too bad, so sad. It happens sometimes. You said a bracha, turns out that nobody was Yosei with it, and that's uh, that's the risk, I guess, that a Masada Kedushin is going to uh, is is going to take. Then he says, on top of that, he says, and uh, seven, we won't. Uh, uh, we won't go through uh, his proof over there, but you see this one line. He brings uh, this again. It's just uh, uh, this uh, amazing idea. Uh, he, he quotes from the Mariel Diskin. Mariel Diskin was, at the end of the 19th century, uh, was the uh, chief rabbi of, uh, of Yerushalayim for like 70 years or something like that, some a huge amount of time. He had Arichas Yam, obviously, and he came, and they, when he was a relatively young man, he was appointed the chief rabbi, and he was there for decades and decades and, uh, and decades. So he uh, he he came to a conclusion, putting aside the uh, the the, uh, the the main shaila that the Mariel Diskin addressed, but he came out with a similar type of principle that if you send a shliach to go ahead and do a mitzvah for you, and he's about to do it or he did it in some sort of b'dieved way, so you should undo his shlichus uh, in order to make sure that it's done correctly, and. He says, And it's not your concern at all, the fact that by you uh, uh, withdrawing the agency of that person, that he's going to end up making a brach because he doesn't know that you withdrew his agency. The case is you send somebody to go ahead and separate truma on your behalf. When somebody separates truma, so a bracha is recited before you go ahead and do that mitzvah. And then you realize that this person really isn't, isn't an ideal person to separate truma. If he separates truma, it's only going to be done bidi evid. So you say, wait, I don't, I don't want to go ahead and have my truma separated only bidi evid. So I, say, I make an announcement. You don't have to really make an announcement. But I decide in my mind, you know what? That person is no longer my shliach. Now, before there were cell phones, so there was no way to tell that person who's on the other side of town or is out in the field somewhere separating your truma at this exact moment, he has no way of knowing that you just pulled the agency out from under him. So he's going to continue what he was, the task he was assigned to do, to pull out truma, to take off one fiftieth of the grain and to designate that as truma. And he's going to say a bracha thinking that he's still an agent. And nonetheless, the Mariel Diskin says, no, 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 you don't have to be concerned about that at all. You should separate truma in the ideal manner, and if that means pulling the rug out from under this agent without him knowing, and he ends up saying a brachal of atala because he doesn't know that he's an agent anymore, not your problem, because you have a responsibility to, or you have the right to go ahead and do a mitzvah in the ideal fashion, and you don't have to worry about what rendering somebody else's brachal of atala. So says of Shomel Zaman, so the same thing would be true as far as this Masada Kedushin and this Chasalakala. That the fact that the, the, when the Chasalakala say, we want to be Yodse, the drinking of the wine in the Lechatchila manner, we don't want to be Yodse with a Shahakal on the wine. We want to be Yodse the wine with a Brepriagafen. So they have the right to say, since we want to go ahead and drink the wine and say the bracha in an ideal fashion, so we're not, we don't have to be concerned with the fact that by making our own Brepriagafen, we end up rendering his Shahakul Abrachal Vatala. That's not his, that's not your concern. That's his problem. That's not your problem. You have that right. That's what the Roshomel Zalman finds reinforcement for this idea from the Mariel Diskin. And then he goes ahead. And you see, this also you get to see just how the breadth of knowledge of Shomel Zaman had in this ability to be able to draw from all these different sources and, uh, and collate them uh, to, and make them relevant to the Shiloh at hand. 
He says, the truth is, is there's a prima gadim which addresses a similar type of Shiloh. So when I, what's the prima gadim is Shiloh over here? So he says, also this is something which, uh, which happens sometimes. He says, Rabim Yashu Lecho. So a bunch of people gather together to eat a meal. Let's say it's a Shabbos Shevrochus in Shul. I don't know, maybe a couple of Shabbos. So it's a Shabbos Shevrochus in Shul. And they appointed somebody with the responsibility. You go ahead and say hamosi for everybody. Okay? We want uh, everybody will wash. You'll go ahead and make hamosi on those huge chasana loaves, and you'll be uh, you'll be mosi everybody with that. Uberach besafik. And he made some sort of bracha, the wording or how he said it, whatever it is, he made a bracha which were uncertain whether or not everybody was yosi with the bracha. Whatever that suffix is. So now we have, again, this quandary which comes up. Because we know that the rule by brachos is suffix brachos lahakel. That if you don't know whether or not you said a bracha correctly, or if there's any uncertainty about that, so we don't repeat brachas out of doubt. So the person went ahead and made hamotzi in a way, which is a suffix, whether anybody was yotze. So now that person cannot go ahead and say hamotzi a second time because So the rule is, due to the principle of suffix brachos lahakel, you cannot go ahead and repeat the bracha of hamotzi a second time and say it better. So now the question is, So all of the people, they were planning on being yotze with his hamotzi. Now that he made a suffix hamotzi, whatever a suffix hamotzi is, but now that he made a suffix hamotzi, so now the question is, can everybody else now make their own hamotzi? They planned that being yotze with his. His is only a bracha misafek, out of doubt. So now can they go ahead and make their own bracha? That's the question that the prima gadim raises. And he answers, And the prima gadim says they can. Because when they said, when the, the crowd, the assembled crowd said, yes, Mr. So-and-so, you go ahead and make hamotzi on behalf of everybody. So we want you to be motzi us with a proper bracha. When we appointed you to be our shliach tzibur, when we appointed you to be our shliach hamotzi, so our intention was that you should go ahead and do it successfully so that everybody is certainly going to be yotze with your bracha. The low besafik. And we didn't appoint you to create a circumstance for us where maybe we were Yotze with your bracha, maybe we weren't Yotze with your bracha. That doesn't help us at all. Rabbi Shaffel, doesn't this create another problem, though? Because if they were going to make their own hamotzi at this point, if they said amen to the bracha that the, the intended shliach made, <clears throat> then they would have an eruption and they'd have to go back and wash again. So... So that that's a different. Uh, I I would think that's a a distinction from this case that you so you couldn't bring that. But I, I hear. Um, so if if you remember those halachas about an interruption between washing and hamotzi, so that's only in the event that the interruption is not meal related. But but they they're making it not meal related because they're not going to use it. Well, they're answering amen to his bracha. The, the, the bracha uh, of Hamotzi will work for him. So they can answer amen to his bracha. That wouldn't be an interruption, I don't think. It's only if they went ahead and they uh, they started talking politics or they started talking sports or something like that. So that would be uh, a problem. Or you say, Shlemy, sit down. You know, mm-hmm. Keep your hands to yourself. 
So that would, uh, <laughs> although that may be mirror related, but that's a, that that would be an interruption, which is uh, which is not necessary. But answering amen to somebody else's bracha, so that really is a uh, th- that's not that's not considered to be a hefsik, which would necessitate uh, washing again. So based on this, so we have precedent to this idea again there. So that when I go ahead and appoint you to say a bracha on my behalf, so the expectation is, is you're going to say that bracha correctly. And in the event that you fail to do it correctly and you create for me a suffix and uncertainty about it. So I have the uh, right to go ahead and say, thank you very much. Really, thanks for nothing. And I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to make my own bracha. You failed me by not making the bracha in the way. And I'm going to go ahead and make my own bracha. And if it turns out that your bracha is the vatala, no, say la vie. That's, uh, that's life in the big city. So it happens when you take responsibility. Sometimes uh, it doesn't work. But now he says, uh, a, a fascinating uh, approach. We'll try and do it quickly because of the time. But if Shomel Zaman says, again, this is Shomel Zaman was a very clear thinker. He didn't get confused along the way, and he maintained a very yashrus, a very straightforward way of thinking. That's what everybody admires about Shomel Zaman, is that his thinking was always just very straightforward, very logical, very grounded in all of that. So here he says, he brings up this, what I think is a fascinating perspective. He says, let's put aside all of this lumdus. Let's put aside all of what's going on about, yes, you're making a brachla vatala, not making a brachla vatala. He is my sheikh. He's not my sheikh. Put aside all of that. Let's just think for a moment about what happened over here. Miu yesh ladum. What we should consider is, even though saying shahakal on a cup of wine really only works but the chassan, or the assembled people who had in mind to be Yotze, let's just use the chassan, so chassan had in mind to be Yotze, so what did they hear the Masada Kedushan say? So they heard, Baruchat Hashem, Elkeinu Me'acholam, Shehakol, stop. Now, what did the chassan do when he heard the, the word Shehakol? He shouldn't have heard the word Shehakol. He should have heard Borei, and he heard Shehakol. So what did the chassan do? He did nothing. He was silent. So Shamu Vanai Kol Abracham so the, the chassan heard the Masada Kedushin say the entire bracha of Shaakol, Shaakol, the bracha. And nobody shouted out and called him out on it in the middle of the bracha say, no, 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 no. That's what we expect them to do. That's what you do to increase the Torah or something. You shout out and you, uh, you, you alert the person the fact that they're saying the wrong thing if they skip Mashi Varuach. So everybody's so excited when the chassan skips Mashi Varuach because we all get to yell at him. So they should have done that at the, at the chup over here. Lomar, and they should have said, they should have said, everybody should have been yelling and shouting, you're saying the wrong bracha, I'm only going to be Yotze B'Dyeved, I may be Yotze only Suffolk or not Suffolk. So now, here we are being all critical of the Masada Kedushan for having said the wrong bracha, where was everybody else in this story? Why were they quiet? Why didn't they say anything? So now what happens? Now, obviously, the chassan was distracted because he's a chassan. Chassan, the chassan and Mikalas, they have very little brain capacity to do any higher level thinking. The neofrontal cortex is completely offline almost, and they are just in limbic, probably in limbic brain or something, maybe survival brain, depending on the shit up. But they're in a completely different uh, mindset. So there they are. So they, they may not have been paying such close attention. Sheyeshkan tells Baruchah to realize that a mistake was made. But now, but he says, so now what happens? So now at this point, the Masada Kedushin said Shahako, which is good only by the Eved, 
and the chassan says, I want to be Yotzei Lechatechila. Now let's say, let's just say for argument's sake for a moment, the Masada Kedushin is a brisker, and he planned on drinking the wine. So he mistakenly went ahead and uh, uh, said Chaco, shakes the coast, and some of the wine spills on his finger. Is he allowed to now go ahead and say Brei Pragafen? No, it's too late. He already said Shahako. He already said a bracha which Bidiyabed he's Yotze with. He cannot come along and say, you know what, I want to say bracha lechachila, and therefore I'm going to now say Brei Pragafen. It's too late for that because you already made the wrong bracha and you let yourself do that. That's what we call Bidiyabed. You already said the wrong bracha. Now, now live with it and just go ahead and drink the wine with the Shahako bracha. So says Rosh Zaman, why is the Masada Kedushan or why is the Chassan any different than the Masada Kedushan? Just like Masada Kedusha made a mistake in, a, in said Shahako rather than Bray the Chassan listened to HaShahako, expecting to be Yotze, and didn't hear Bray So he's in the same Bidiyavid circumstance as the Masada Kedushan, and therefore, Mikomakom, Maishna, Mimivarach Atzmo. So why is the Chassan any different than the Masada Kedushan, the one who said the Bracha? Dafi Birach Shahako Al Chamra, because if the person saying the Bracha, the Masada Kedushan himself, if he was planning to drink, and he went ahead and said shahakal on wine, he thought it was schnapps. He had too much at the chassan's dish. So he's holding a cup of wine, and he thinks that what he's holding is wine, and really it's uh, you know more schnapps in there. So the shaper bracha. So he would be yotze with that bracha because that's the b'diavet that Shochanach addresses. That if you mistakenly say shahakal on a cup of wine, you're yotze b'diavet. You don't go ahead and repeat the bracha because it's b'diavet. So therefore, why are we putting all of this blame on the Masada Kedushin for making the mistake? The Chassam made the same exact mistake. They're in the exact same circumstance, and they're Yotze It's too late to make a repair once you allow the bracha to go through. If you protest the Bishas Mice and say, no, 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 you yelled at him, so then you show you don't want to be Yotze. But if you let him say the bracha all the way till the end, so it's too late to protest at that point. You're already Yotze B'diyavet. Now you just have to drink. But there's no repair that you can make at that point because any repair, even for the chassan himself, would be a brachal of atala. So that's what Shomel Zaman raised over here. This, uh, this uh, again, as I said, it's a very straightforward lay- way of looking at it, a very logical, it seems to me, a very logical way of analyzing the situation to say, what's done is done already, and it's too late. He didn't catch it, you didn't catch it, none of you guys caught it until it was, it was too late, and therefore, everybody should have just been Yosei with the shako. Um... Uh, okay, and therefore he says, he doesn't just will read what he says regarding Kiddush, but the same thing is going to be true regarding the, Kiddush, the, the Kiddushit over here. He says, So he says at the end of all of this analysis, which we only saw about half of it, he says it would seem, If you're making Kiddush for yourself, you have a mind to be Yotzi yourself, as well as the other people who are assembled, and you went ahead and you mistakenly said on the cup of wine, there's no reason for those who are listening and wanted to be Yotze with your Kiddush, they should not go ahead and say another Brei Pragafen for the reason which we said, because since they remained silent throughout your Shahakal and didn't protest, just like you made an error in what you said, they made an error in what they listened to. But they're Yotze Bidiyavan already. And then he says, the Kol Shekane, and certainly... And that's certainly going to be true in the event that I make Kiddush for you, and I never had in mind to be Yotze Kiddush myself. I was doing it just for you. 
Ashim Tevatel Hashlichus, and in that case, if you go ahead and you end up saying that my bracha is no good, and you want to make your own brain priyagafen because you don't want to piggyback on my bad shahako, then te brachaso levatala. Then what you will, what you guys here will end up doing is you'll end up making my bracha a bracha levatala, even though it really was not a bracha levatala. Then certainly they should not go, since you were Yotze already bedeavid with my bracha, even though it's not ideal. So since you're already Yotze, you have no right to go ahead and not use my bracha at this point and end up rendering me responsible for a bracha levatala. I didn't make a bracha levatala. I made a bracha bedeavid. That's not a bracha levatala. So as long as I made a bracha which works bedeavid, you have no right to go ahead and say, mm, mm, and go ahead and make your own break for and then end up sticking me with the bracha levatala on my account, that's not my fault. I shouldn't be stuck with the bracha levatala because I did a bracha b'di'evin. B'di'evin and levatala are very different, are very different things. And therefore, if Shomel Zaman says that if, if he was the Rav, who was the, the Masada Kedushan to whom this uh, this had happened to, he would just have them, he would not repeat another bracha, and he would have them just drink the uh, the wine as is, based on the shahako, and wouldn't have repeated the uh, the, the, the bracha at all. So that is Shomel Zalman's uh, uh, analysis of that. And that is our exploration of this uh, this particular uh, Shiloh. So it's not so much Lamaisa, but I, as I said at the beginning, I think it's a it's a, a, a great exercise in seeing how to, what there is referred to as Madama Milsa Lamilsa, how to equate two things, to draw precedent from one halacha to another halacha. And you have to make sure that your precedent is is rock solid logically and it matches perfectly because slight variations here or there could dramatically change the outcome of those halachas and you have to be uh, extremely extremely thorough to be able to uh, to do so. Hey, okay. thank you rabbi. So don't forget next week we 